prayers tonight. Uh, and she's probably watching, but anyway, you pray for Dorla tonight, and I know she would appreciate that very, very much. Second Chronicles chapter 9, in your Bibles, I found this the other day. It doesn't have anything to do with the message tonight, but uh, anyway, it says, During the wedding rehearsal, the groom approached the pastor with an unusual offer. He said, Look, I'll give you $100 if you change the wedding vows. When you get to the part where I'm supposed to promise to love and honor and be faithful to her <clears throat> forever, I'd appreciate it if you just leave that out. He passed the minister a $100 bill and walked away satisfied. On the day of the wedding, when it came time for the groom's vows, the pastor looked the young man in the eye and said, Will you promise to prostrate yourself before her, obey her every command and wish, serve her breakfast in bed every morning of your life, and swear eternally before God and your lovely wife that you will never even look at another woman as long as you both shall live. The groom gulped and looked around and said in a tiny voice, Yes. <laughs> then leaned toward the pastor and hissed, I thought we had a deal. The pastor put a $100 bill into the groom's hand and whispered, She made me a better offer. <laughs> Amen. Well, when you find your place tonight, let's all stand if you're able, if you're able tonight. Second Chronicles chapter 9, we're going to read a little bit of scripture this evening. I, I'll be honest with you, I want to read, just read the whole chapter tonight, but I won't read it for sake of time. But we're going we're gonna to be looking into pretty much the entire chapter tonight. And now, church, I'm going to be honest with you, we're not going to get very far tonight. And uh, the more I studied, the longer this outline got. And, and so I, I tell you what we're going to do. We're just going to go as far as we can. But this is such an important topic tonight. And this uh, title is a little bit of a misnomer because this is where we started last Wednesday, but we're going to progress into the, uh, into the gifts of the Spirit is where we're going to go tonight. And, and so because it is so important and because it's such a, a hot topic issue right now, I think we'd be doing a great injustice if we rushed through. And so it'd be better for us to slow down just a little bit. I know you are tired and you're weary like Brother Brandon talked about tonight. So I don't want to try to give you too much because you won't get it if I do. And so um, we'll spend a, a, a quite a bit of time in the introduction. And then I'll just give you one. If we make it there tonight, I'll give you one of the, one of the gifts of the Spirit. And then we'll, we'll give you more next week, Lord willing. All right? And so look, if you will, at Second Chronicles chapter 9, verse 1. And don't forget what we said now, that the Old Testament is an illustration of New Testament truth. And so the Bible says in verse 1, And when the queen of Sheba heard the, of the fame of Solomon, she came to prove Solomon with hard questions at Jerusalem with a very great company and camels that bear spices and gold in abundance and precious stones. And when she was come to Solomon, she communed with him of all that was in her heart. And Solomon told her all her questions. And there was nothing hid from Solomon, which he told her not. And when the queen of Sheba had seen the wisdom of Solomon and the house that he had built and the meat of his table and the sitting of his servants and the attendance of his ministers and their apparel, his cupbearers also and their apparel and his ascent by which he went up into the house of the Lord, there was no more spirit in her. And she said to the king, it was a true report which I heard in mine own land of thine acts and of thy wisdom. Howbeit, I believe not their words until I came and mine eyes had seen it. 
And behold, the one half of the greatness of thy wisdom was not told me, for thou exceedest the fame that I heard. Happy are thy men, and happy are these thy servants which stand continually before thee and hear thy wisdom. Blessed be the Lord thy God, which delighted in thee to set thee on his throne, to be king for the Lord thy God, because thy God loved Israel, to establish them forever. Therefore made he thee king over them to do justice or judgment and justice. And she gave the king an hundred and twenty talents of gold and of spices great abundance and precious stones. And this was our text last Wednesday night. Neither was there any such spice as the queen of Sheba gave King Solomon. And the servants also of Huram and the servants of Solomon which brought gold from Ophir brought algum trees and precious stones and the king made of the algum trees terraces to the house of the Lord and to the king's palace and harps and psalteries for singers <clears throat> and there were none such seen before in the land of Judah. And King Solomon gave to the queen of Sheba all her desire whatsoever she asked beside that which she had brought unto the king. So she turned and went away to her own land, she and her servants. And you may be seated tonight. And I want to, uh, we're going to uh, teach tonight a little while on my gift to God. And then we're going to work our way into the uh, gifts of the Spirit. And I hope that this will be a blessing. And so let's go to the Lord in prayer at this time. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the time we've had tonight to pray and to, to emphasize missions and even to try to maybe uh, possibly be a little bit of a blessing to some other missionaries. Thank you so much for that. What a privilege that is. And then, Lord, we thank you for the great time of music tonight and then for the special. And, uh, Lord, at now as we take just a few moments before we close this service to try to just uh, literally dive into the Word of God, and that's what we'll have to do tonight. Lord, we've got a, a lot of ground to cover, and I, I pray that you'll help it to make sense and... I pray it'll be interesting. I know our folks are a little, little weary tonight. And so I pray for the power of the Holy Spirit and for your fullness. Help us, please, Lord. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' name we pray and for his sake. And all God's people said, amen, amen. amen. We said last week that the queen of Sheba gave something to the king that no one else could give. And we noticed that in verse number nine. The Bible says, neither was there any such spice as the queen of Sheba gave King Solomon. And likewise, it's important that each individual Christian give gifts to the king. Listen, church, there's something that only you can give like you can give it. Uh, no one else can do uh, what you can do for the king. And, uh, and so it's important that each individual Christian give gifts to the king. Uh, we said last week there's some gifts that we ought to give to the king. We ought to give our tenement. That's our body. We ought to give our body to the Lord. We ought to give our talent to the Lord. If God's given you a talent, you ought to give it to the Lord. Our time, we ought to give our time to the Lord. We give a tithe of our income, we ought to give a tithe of our time to the Lord. Uh, God's not just after your, your income, but God is after your time. And then we said we ought to give our thanks to the Lord. Now I want to show you several things by way of introduction tonight that uh, I believe that we need to, some places that we need to go before we begin to get into the gifts of the Spirit. And uh, we'll put a few of these up on the screen tonight. Number one, I want you to notice that the queen was given what she asked for. Look, if you will, please, at Second Chronicles chapter 9 in your Bibles and verse number 12. The Bible says, And King Solomon gave to the queen of Sheba 
all her desire. And then I saw this, whatsoever she asked. And so I want to ask you a question tonight. Have you ever asked God to bless you with certain gifts? I've never preached that, never taught that, never really thought about it, to be honest with you. But, uh, uh, and, and, but I begin to think about this just a little bit tonight. The Bible does say, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find, not, and it shall be opened unto you. The Bible does say in James chapter 1 and verse number 5, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. And I just wonder if maybe there'll be Christians in heaven one day who were never really gifted and never, maybe never because they ever wanted to be gifted. And so I think that, you know what, it'd be a good thing for us to go to the Lord and say, Lord, give me everything you can give me so I can serve you that much better. I mean, if there's something that I don't have that you want to give, Lord, give it to me. I want it. I want to receive it. I'm thirsty for it uh, because I want to bring as much honor and glory uh, to you as I can. But I just noticed, that's just introduction here tonight, but I just noticed that as I was reading, again, the Old Testament is an illustration of New Testament truth. But then I noticed this, church, number two, I noticed there was no shortage of gifts that the king could give. Now, uh, the Queen of Sheba asked, and you know what? Solomon was glad to give. And one of the reasons that Solomon was so glad to give is because Solomon had plenty to give. In fact, I want us to look at that a little bit tonight because this is just amazing to me. Look, if you will, at 2 Chronicles chapter 9 and verse number 13. The Bible says, now the weight of gold that came to Solomon in one year was, here it is, 600 and three score and six talents of gold. Now I may mention this last Wednesday night, but I'll just hit it again. One scholar mentioned that that is equal to $399.6 million. Now that's the honorariums that came his way, $399.6 million. Now, that's just, the, that's just the stuff that was brought to him because they wanted to be in his presence. Now, look at verse 14. The Bible says, beside that, which Chapman, that word Chapman, there's the idea of a traveler, and merchants brought, and all the kings of Arabia and governors of the country brought gold and silver to Solomon, and King Solomon made 200 targets of beaten gold, 600 shekels of beaten gold went to one target. Now, what's a target? Well, a target, not like our kind of target. A target was a shield, if you will, that would maybe cover the whole man or maybe cover maybe two men. And so it was a, a shield, if you would, but a very large shield. And so the Bible says 600 shekels of beaten gold went to one target. Verse 16, and 300 shields made he of beaten gold. 300 shekels of gold went to one shield and the king put them in the house of the forest of Lebanon. Now, uh, one scholar said that every single target was worth 60,000 Dollars. Now, I don't know what a Cadillac, a Cadillac Escalade's going for now, but uh, probably a little bit more than that, I would say. But anyway, here's a shield, an extra large shield that uh, was worth $60,000. And if you took the targets and the shields and put them together, combined, they were equal to $42 million. Uh, just shields and targets that Solomon had made. Again, I'm just trying to make a point here. Now look at verse 17. The Bible says, Moreover, the king made a great throne of ivory and overlaid it with pure gold. And there were six steps to the throne with a footstool of gold which were fastened to the throne. And stays, that word stays is a, 
like a hand rest or an arm rest uh, and stays on each side of the sitting place. And look at this. <clears throat> and two lines standing by the stays or by the, the hand rest there, the arm rest. And 12 lines stood there on one side and on the other upon the six steps. Are y'all getting this? And so the, the throne was ivory, pure ivory, overlaid with gold. It had two armrests, and beside those two armrests were two pure gold lions. And then there were six steps that went up to the throne, on, on, and on each of these steps were six golden lions. Look at verse number, uh, verse number 19, and the Bible says in the latter part of the verse, there was not the like made in any kingdom, and all the drinking vessels of King Solomon were of gold. And all the vessels of the house of the forest of Lebanon were of pure gold. <laughs> it's, it's almost humorous. The Bible says none were of silver. In other words, that was a little below uh, their, their quality standard there. It was not anything, uh, anything accounted of in the days of Solomon. For the king's ships went to Tarshish with the servants of Uram every three years. Once came the ships of Tarshish bringing gold and silver, ivory and apes and peacocks. And King Solomon passed all the kings of the earth in riches and wisdom. Now, again, my point tonight is this, that, listen, he had plenty. He had plenty to give. I mean, he, in fact, in fact, look at this. His treasury was seemingly unlimited. Now, again, this is an Old Testament illustration of a New Testament truth. I believe, personally, I believe that this is a picture of what heaven's going to be like. And, uh, I mean, it's just, it, it just boggles the mind. There's no way. In fact, the Bible says that uh, it was not anything accounted of in the days of Solomon. You couldn't add it all up. There's no way you could, that, you could, uh, that no accountant could, could make any sense of it. It was so much. And, my, my dear friend, that's exactly what heaven is going to be like. It's going to blow your mind. I mean, it's just, it, it, we can't even comprehend. But his, his treasury is seemingly unlimited. In fact, I believe, after reading this, I believe that Solomon had to try to figure out ways to spend all of his wealth. You don't believe it? Look at verse number 27. And the Bible says, And the king made silver in Jerusalem as what? As stones. And cedar trees made as the sycamore trees that are in the low plains in abundance. Listen, when Solomon called for a load of gravel, it was shiny. I mean, the rocks, brother, the stuff that people fight over now, he was paving the roads with it. That's right. That's what it says. I mean, he made the stones as silver in this kingdom. And so, now I said that to say this, in the same way, did you know there's no shortage of gifts that God can bless you with? And so when you go to the Lord and say, God bless me, God help me, God give me everything I can have so I can serve you better and bring more glory to you. Uh, listen, you're not hurting God to ask. God's got plenty. He's got plenty to go around. In fact, he's got more than enough. In fact, he said in Isaiah 44, 3, I will pour water upon him that's thirsty and floods upon the dry ground. And I thought about that verse a little bit later today. I'll pour. I won't give you a drop. I won't give you a dropper. I won't give you a thimble. If you're really thirsty, man, I'll just pour it on you. I mean, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just drench you. And so thank God we have a God that has that kind of riches and that kind of wealth, and he can bless you beyond measure. Now, that leads me to the third point by way of introduction. Are y'all hot? It's hot in here tonight. Man, I'm hot. 
think it's too hot, go over and turn the air on, okay? Because I know what happens when it gets hot in here. Y'all start sleeping. And uh, now, first two points are important. This third point, if we're going to start talking about the gifts of the Spirit, then it's very important that we learn this third in, uh, point that I'm getting ready to give you. Number three is this. Solomon's main gift before any other was wisdom. Wisdom. In fact, wisdom was the very reason that royalty came to the king. And wisdom is, that, is, is what the king sought to impart before anything else. Now look at it with me, if you will. Verse number 22. The Bible says, And King Solomon passed all the kings of the earth in riches and wisdom. Verse 23, And all the kings of the earth sought the presence of Solomon. Here it is. To hear his wisdom that God had put in his heart. Now, church, I said that to say this. Before you and I become concerned with being imparted with spiritual gifts, you first need wisdom. And that's why we've got so many problems in so many churches today. It's because people are consumed with having spiritual uh, gifts. They want the spiritual gifts. Man, they want to speak in tongues. They want to prophesy. They want a word of knowledge. I mean, they want all these, what they think are spiritual gifts. They want all these things, but they do not have the wisdom that they need to use those gifts correctly. Now, now think about it like this. If you were to go up here to the new building tonight, uh, the, the uh, contractor's up there working every day and they've got tools and uh, lifts and all kind of things up there. And uh, now, the truth of the matter is, there are some tools up there at the new building I don't know how to use. I have no idea how to use them. I'm sure I could probably figure something out after I finagled with it for a little while. But the, but, but the truth is, there are some tools up there that I don't know how to use correctly and I'll tell you why. I don't have the wisdom. And I'll, and I'll never use those tools right until first I gain the wisdom that I need. During Christmas, I, uh, I got a, a real nice, one of these real nice cutting tools, one of these high-speed cutting tools. And uh, we needed it the other day. And so uh, we, we needed it for a job at the house. And I thought, wait a minute, I got one of those tools. And I ran in the house and I got it. Hadn't even opened it since Christmas. I still had the, uh, it was still uh, completely sealed. And I opened it up. And uh, through the instructions that way, and man, I just, I said, I wonder how this thing goes together, man. And man, I started putting stuff, you know, and, uh, and it, I said high speed. You remember I said high speed, didn't you? And, uh, and I put that thing in there, man, and we, we went into the house, and I hit the power button, and that thing, you know, uh, it's got several different speeds, and I hit the speed on that thing, and man, it, it flew apart. Now, wait a minute now. Uh, and uh, now, wait a minute, what, what's the deal? The deal is that I didn't have the wisdom that I needed to use that tool correctly. I needed wisdom first. And that's exactly why there is so much confusion in churches today. That's why we visit on a regular basis and people say, oh, well, we used to go to church, but we don't go to church anywhere now. And they tell us of these bad experiences that they're having in churches. And the reason they're having these bad experiences many times and never wanting to go back is because people claim 
that they have a gift of the Spirit, but they do not have the wisdom that they need to correctly use it. And we've got pastors that are just saying things and doing things from the pulpit that are questionable. And we've got entire congregations that are speaking in tongues at the same time. Now, wait a minute now. That's about as anti-Bible as you can get. Well, we just couldn't help but the Spirit came upon us. Brother, listen, did you know that God will never do anything contrary to his word? And so we, we've got, to, listen, we've got people being dragged to the altars. God told me that sometime back. Got dragged to the altar and, uh, and pushed down on the altar and forced to pray. And then we've got, uh, we've got churches where they're handling snakes and drinking poisons and, and all these kind of things. I just want to go on record saying this. First time you bring a snake in here, I'm out of here, brother. Amen. I, listen, I don't like them. I, I, and uh, amen. You say, well, you need more faith. Maybe I do, but I still don't like them. Amen. And I don't want a snake in here. If there's a snake in here, I'm calling pest control. I mean, I, I don't. And But anyway, I'm being a little facetious tonight. But now what, what's going on? What's going on? It's because they are consumed with having a gift, but they do not possess the wisdom to correctly use the gift. Now, I've said this my third time saying this, but the Old Testament is an illustration of New Testament truth. So in 2 Chronicles chapter 9, we see all these amazing gifts. And we see a man that has unbelievable wisdom. His name is Solomon. But look with me, if you will, please, at 2 Chronicles chapter 9 and verse number 31. The Bible says, And Solomon slept with his fathers. In other words, he died. And he was buried in the city of David, his father. Look at this line. And Rehoboam, his son, reigned in his stead. Did you know that Rehoboam had all the same exact gifts that Solomon had? But read 2 Chronicles chapter 10. Guess what happens? He splits the kingdom wide open. You know why? Because although he had the gifts, he didn't have the wisdom that his daddy had to use those gifts. And so it's very important. Listen, before you start praying, God, give me a gift. God, bless me with a gift. Before you do that, you ought to go to the Lord and get in your prayer closet and say, God, give me wisdom. Oh, God, give me wisdom. The main thing, the principal thing is wisdom. I need wisdom. Lord, I need wisdom. Uh, and, uh, and so now, what are, what are the spiritual gifts tonight that our king is willing to give to us? Well, I put these verses on the screen. I want you to take your Bibles and turn over to Romans chapter 12 tonight. Romans chapter 12, and look, if you will, I didn't put all the verses on the screen. We're going to read just a little bit more than what's on the screen. Romans chapter 12, and look with me, if you will, please, to verse number 3. Romans chapter 12 and verse number 3. The Bible says, For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith, for as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office. Now watch closely. So we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. Verse 6, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. Whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. Or ministry, let us wait on our ministering. Or he that teacheth on teaching. Or he that exhorteth on exhortation. He that giveth 
let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Now, on the screen tonight, I highlighted all the gifts, Romans chapter 12, I highlighted all these gifts in red. And so we're just gonna, we're just gonna get to that first one tonight. And it's the gift of prophecy, the gift of prophecy. And I'll, I'll hit this real fast and, and we'll, we'll let you go. The gift of prophecy. Now, what is, no, notice there again, if you will, in verse number six, having then gifts different according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. Prophecy. What is the gift of prophecy? Well, defined, it means this, a discourse emanating from divine inspiration and declaring the purposes of God, whether by reproving and admonishing the wicked or comforting the afflicted or revealing things hidden, especially by foretelling future events. Now, I'm going to tell you what I believe tonight. I'm going to tell you what I believe the Bible teaches tonight. And uh, now if you don't believe it, you'll have to take it up with God. But I'm going to tell you what I believe the Bible teaches tonight uh, about this thing of prophecy. Now, uh, somebody says, preacher, the gift of prophecy is being able to foretell future events. And I want to back up and say this. It was. That was the gift of prophecy. Old, the Old Testament gift of prophecy that was given to the Old Testament prophets was exactly that. They were able to predict the future. God told them what was going to happen. Isaiah looked down the concourse of time. Daniel looked down through the corridors of time and was able to tell us what's going to happen in the last day. But I want to say something tonight. That Old Testament prophecy uh, is no longer a gift that is needed in this day and time. Uh, uh, the foretelling of future events is no longer needed. Now, uh, by the way, I, I want you to notice, in fact, Alan, can you take us back to that previous screen where the, where the verses are tonight? And uh, did you notice tonight that, on, that listed in this list, tongues is not listed as a gift. Now, there's a reason. And uh, there's a reason. Now, I believe tongues was a gift. I do. I believe it was an apostolic gift. I believe it was given to the apostles. I believe that it was given as a sign gift to the Jews. The Jews sought after a sign. And so God gave that gift. It was absolutely a gift. It was a heavenly gift. But I want to show you why tonight, why we no longer need the gift of Old Testament prophecy or for that matter, why we no longer need the gift of, of tongues. And so I want you to take your Bibles tonight and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and look, if you will, please, at verse number 8. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We're going to be done here in just a minute. Y'all just stay with me. I know this is maybe a little deeper than I would normally go, but stay with me tonight and I believe you'll, I believe you'll get some help. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse number 8. The Bible says, Charity never faileth. Now watch very closely, church. The Bible says, But whether there be prophecies, wait a minute, we're talking about that tonight. But whether there be prophecies, they shall what? They'll fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall what? They're going to cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. That word of knowledge, it shall vanish away. Now look at verse 9. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. Look at verse 10. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in what? Part shall be done away. 
You see, when God gave us his perfect revealed word of God, we no longer need a prophet to reveal future events. By the way, for that matter, listen, I don't need somebody to get up in a service and, and speak in an unknown tongue and tell me what God said. God, I know what God said. He put it right here. God has given me his revealed canon of scripture tonight and he finished it. He finished it. Now listen, let me tell you the danger here. When you get into this belief where you believe that somebody can get a new revelation from God, then you're going to be adding to scripture all the time. And so, uh, so God said salvation is by grace through faith. And then somebody says, wait a minute, but I got a revelation. Listen, you better be careful about listening to those who say they've got a new revelation from God. God has given us his finished word tonight. This is the final authority. It stops right here. We don't have to go any further. Now, I, by the way, I don't want to just tell you that. I want to show you that. So I want you to take your Bibles tonight, and I want you to turn over to Revelation chapter 22. God now reveals spiritual revelation and prophecy to you and me through his word. Now look what our Bible tells us in Revelation chapter 22 and verse number 17. The Bible says, And the spirit and the bride say, Come, now watch closely, and let him that heareth. In other words, if you, want, if you really want to hear what God is saying, let him come. And let him that is a thirst come. What's he saying? Come hear my word. Now look at the next verse. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, if any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. Look at verse 19. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. And so God said, you know what? I have given you fulfilled prophecy right here. This is all you need. That You say, preacher, I want to know what's going to happen. It's right here. It's right here. You say, I want to know what's going to happen in the future. It's right here, brother. Listen, you just read this book and God will tell you exactly what's going to happen in the future. You don't need a prophet to get up and say, I just got a word from God and God said, you know, you don't need that. You've got a word from God right here. You've got the only word. You, by the way, I would just went, this doesn't have anything really to do with the message tonight, but I just thought that, this, that you needed to hear this. By the way, Somebody says, but wait a minute, preacher. But I watched this guy the other day, and he said he was a prophet, prophet so-and-so, and he got up, and he said that, uh, that God said this, and this is going to happen, and that now I want to give you how you can know when a prophet is false. And I don't care how well-known they are or how popular they are, but God gives us very clearly in his word how we can know if a prophet is false. Now I want you to take your Bibles tonight and turn over to Deuteronomy chapter 18. Deuteronomy chapter 18. And look, if you will, at verse number 20. Deuteronomy 18, verse number 20. Boy, it's almost like the Lord knew we were going to need some help in this area. Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse number 20. The Bible says, but the prophet... Deuteronomy 18, verse 20. But the prophet which shall presume to speak a word in my name, 
which I have not commanded him to speak or that shall speak in the name of other gods, even that prophet shall die. And if thou say in thine heart, how shall we know the word which the Lord hath not spoken? God, how can we know? Verse 22. When a prophet speaketh in the name of the Lord, if the thing follow not, nor come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord hath not spoken. But the prophet has spoken it presumptuously. Thou shalt not be afraid of him. In other words, you know what that means? Don't have any respect for that man. He's a false prophet. He's trying to take advantage of you, uh, advantage of you by the way. And I, I'm not going to do it tonight, but I could. I could give you name after name after name. And some of them are still living today who have stood up in front of their congregations and some, have, some of them have vast TV congregations and they've stood up and they've said, church, this is going to happen on this day. And it did not. And the Bible clearly tells us if a prophet stands up and says, this is going to happen and it doesn't happen, that man is a false prophet and he should not be respected. Now, quickly as we end this thing up tonight. So what is the gift of prophecy? It, what, what is the gift of prophecy? Well, I believe without a doubt the gift of prophecy would be preaching, uh, declaring the purposes of God. That's what it means, declaring the purposes of God. Some are gifted at declaring the purposes of God. By the way, you may be declaring the purposes of God behind a pastor's pulpit. You may be declaring the purposes of God in a nursing home. You may be declaring the purposes of God in a, in a, a children's evangelism or maybe to prison inmates or a church bus route or children's church. And so it's, it's that uh, gift of declaring the purposes of God. But prophecy also is the ability to speak in such a way that it comforts those who are afflicted. Have you ever been going through something major in your life, uh, some kind of a major dilemma, and when you got together with your family or some of your friends and they said, we need to call so-and-so. We need him here. You know why? Because he always knows what to say. Man, he's just got that. You know what? You're like, man, we're just all to pieces. We got to get so-and-so here. Mama, go call so-and-so. We got to have him here. Why? Because when he gets there, it's like he always, he just knows. He knows what to say. He knows how to, he knows how to comfort. He knows how to, he knows how to soothe. Uh, listen, have you ever come to a church, feel, a church service feeling low and all of a sudden, man, something started happening? And man, you, all of a sudden you were so discouraged and you started feeling encouraged and you started feeling energized and, and you say, what's going on? Somebody's using the gift of prophecy. And that gift of prophecy is not only declaring the purposes of God, but it's encouraging you. The gift of prophecy is needed in this present day. Some of you have it. Some of you have that gift. And you ought to exercise that gift. Of, and by the way, nobody can exercise that gift quite like you can. And so you need to exercise that gift, especially in a day when there's so much confusion. And especially in a day when there's an epidemic of, of ignorance of the word of God. And people are so discouraged. If we've ever needed people to utilize the gift of prophecy, we need it today. Man, you think about it like this. In fact, we're done. We're done. Turn over. Turn over to Malachi. Last chapter of Malachi. I just want to use this as an illustration. Malachi chapter 4, verse 6. Find your place, say amen. amen. 
All right, you notice after Malachi chapter 4, verse 6, turn over, if you will, to Matthew chapter 1 and verse number 1. Well, that's not far for you to turn, but that's 400 years. And it's what they call the silent years. For 400 years between that time and the coming of the Messiah, there was 400 years of silence. That's why I believe this. That's why in Luke chapter 2, I'm not going to make you go there, but in Luke chapter 2, when the angels came and they gave uh, the message to the shepherds, and the Bible says in Luke chapter 2, and the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told. Man, they were so excited. You know why? Because it had been 400 years since any kind of prophetic utterance. Man, silent. Now, we're done tonight, but I want you to turn over to Matthew. You're Matthew already, so that's good. Matthew chapter 3, we're done. Matthew chapter 3, and look at verse number 1. The Bible says, In those days came who? John the Baptist, preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. And the same John had, uh, had his raiment of camel's hair and a leathern girdle about his loins, and his meat was locust and wild honey. Look at verse 5, though. The Bible says, Then went out to him Jerusalem and all Judea, and all the region round about Jordan. Man, a crowd came out to hear this prophet. You know why? Because, brother, it had been 400 long years since they had heard from God. Aren't y'all glad tonight that we live in a time where we get to hear encouraging prophecy all the time? Man, you can walk in the house of God discouraged and just sort of tripping over your bottom lip and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit begins to work. Now, let me tell you something, church. That's that's the accurate New Testament gift of prophecy today. Now, we're going to go a little further. We're going to talk about ministry next week. Some of you have the gift of ministry. We'll talk about teaching. Some of you have that gift of teaching. And by the way, I'm going to use a few of you as examples in the service I believe I know a few of you I I think I know the gift that you have Uh, we're going to talk about uh, exhorting exhortation some of you have that gift of exhortation we'll go on and on and on and so I hope that you'll be in the service All right, it's going to be I I believe you're going to learn a little little bit let's let's bow our heads tonight and right before we go tonight right before we go I just wonder if there may be one here tonight that would say pastor if I died tonight I'm not sure that I would go to heaven And I want you to pray for me. Is there one anywhere like that here tonight? Pastor, if I died tonight, I'm not sure that I would go. Well, listen, if if you're here tonight and you don't know Christ, I hope you'll come see us after the service. This has been teachy. I'm not going to give an invitation tonight. And so let's all stand, if you will. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. We're going to have a, a closing prayer. And I hope you'll have a good week. And we'll see you back this coming Lord's Day. All right. Brother Brandon, how about you dismiss us in prayer tonight, if you will.
And Lord, may we may share that with somebody else that may have questions or may have already inquired about it, and now we have the answers. 